Hey, what's going on? This is the BB Boy Headphone Joe, Joe Dorville, and I'm here with... What up? Brennan Tassif in the building. All right, and we're... Uh, and we are here with our producer, as always, L. Greg. What's going on, kid? Joe, Brennan, good to be here. Thanks for having me once again. <laughs> First time, long time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to start things a little differently. Um, me and Brennan are both in the service industry, and I thought it would be a little funny to let you guys inside our world, because this past weekend is probably one of the busiest weekends for Brennan's profession. Uh, Do you have any crazy things that happened this Valentine's Day, buddy? Uh, no, no, I mean, it's nothing crazy. It's just the usual shit. But, uh, like I had uh, two or three tables come in and do the whole verbal tip thing where they came in, said everything was awesome and then got exact change and then left. And I was like, I was like, all right, cool. Thank you. Um, we make fun of it all the time though, working in restaurants that mother's day, Valentine's day, any holiday where people go out to eat, it's amateur hours. People who Go, don't go out to eat that often, especially not to a nice place like where I work at all, maybe once a year. But I'm so competitive. I don't like it's like, no, everyone's going to have a great experience. But I did have one guy. It was really weird. He uh, took his wife out, but thought because he tips really well that he can just be like a drunken douche to everybody. Oh, isn't that license it, to be a drunken douche? If you it was. Well? I mean, to me, I don't, yeah, I can, you can do whatever you want to me, but like to the food runners and stuff, he was like Ooh. aggressive. And then he called me a fucking asshole like a couple of times, wow. like called me a, but he did it like in jokingly. Jest. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, it was all a joke, but it's just funny to me because every time it's someone that works, asshole. every time someone that works in the kitchen is always like, you guys make way more than us. I always go, yeah, because a guy can call me a fucking asshole and I'll laugh. You'll punch him in the goddamn throat. That's why you work <laughs> back here. Yeah, just the usual suspects. What happened with you? You said something crazy happened with you. Um, there's a crazier thing that happened to me that I'll discuss on a new low. But um, the last thing that happened to me tonight, it was actually tonight. This guy put in an order. He like parked his car, high beams on essentially. After we're closed, put in an order, and then got out of his car and was like, "I have an order. I have an order." And then I took the ticket because if you order past when we close, it goes to the next day. So okay. I took the ticket to him and I was like, it's not for today, dude. Not going to happen. <laughs> and he was like, well, then I want to see you void it and hand me the ticket. And I was like, all right. So I went, voided it, brought him the ticket, shut the door on his ass. And I was like, get the fuck out of here, dude. Not going to order after we close and think you're still going to get. Well, I put it in before. I was like, eh, no, no, you didn't. No, you no, didn't. Right? Computer if you tells did, us- it wouldn't say it's for tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. All right, buddy. Don't lie, all right, guy. Yeah, yeah, man. People are crazy. It's funny. The only thing that I've done, I've done two things that have taken off. uh, That like you know got some views on TikTok because I'm now on TikTok because I'm a piece of shit and I'm what's wrong with comedy. Um, (laughs) But the one of the things I did was I got home from work and I was like, uh, I just got the TikTok out and I just did a recording with like my Robert De Niro face and I was just like, hey, to the table who spent five hundred dollars and left me. 30 bucks, but told me it was awesome. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> and that, like when you talk about people's money, which I'll get into later in my walk off, that blew up. And That's I don't read comments on anything because I can't stand criticism. You guys know I'm a sweet, sensitive boy, but that <laughs> thing blew up in all the comments. Uh, my friend, like long story short, I, I ended up seeing the comments and they were all like, get a new fucking job, like blah, blah, oh blah. And I gosh. was like, 
Wow, you guys take your I, and I was like, all of you who are saying this are people who don't yeah, care. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, you guys take that shit way too seriously. Man. I was just fucking around. Yeah, this fuckhead. <laughs> just remember your name for everyone listening. Your name is on your credit card, and there are people who are more psychotic than me, and they'll find you because in Google. My industry, you're in the Google machine. Remember, we have your address, Greg. Take <laughs> this is starting to off. sound like my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. Here we go. All right, we got movement, Brennan. Yes, yes, we do. That NFL offseason is kicking off real quick. Uh, one week after the Super Bowl, one JJ Watt. I don't remember. It's like Joseph James. I think the J and J stands for something. Yeah, very, whatever the whitest thing is. I was about to say something very generic, and you said white, so I can say white. Um, uh, oh, is I, that how words work? I didn't want to make it a race thing because really. I'm going to run with that when the next time I'm in a room full of black comics and they start saying things. I didn't want to make it a race thing. I didn't want to make it a race thing. But um, one you Joseph said it. James, I can say it. <laughs> I didn't say you could say anything. Um, one Joseph James White. That's what I'm going to call him. What? What? Not white. <laughs> Joseph James Watt. Um, had off the rails early. Asked for <laughs> yeah, look. This is this is our wacky season, buddy. Um, asked for a release from the Texans. Got his release. Uh, very quickly as it is seen on the outside. Uh, Brennan, did you see this coming? Yeah. So uh, I didn't. I'm not going to say I overtly saw this coming. I'm not going to be like I called it, dude. But. Uh, <laughs> J.J. Watt uh, has uh, been up and down, obviously, with his injuries and things like that. He's one of the hardest working uh, players on the Houston Texans, and he's done a lot for that community. So I'm not surprised that when he asked for it, he got what he wanted. Plus, he's on the decline anyway. At least that's what it looks like. But I didn't see it coming. No, I thought he was going to retire a Texan after everything he's done. In that community, you're making a face. Did I take I a point? Almost, I, it was Justin James. I was so close with oh, Joseph I James. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was going to retire Texan. So I, I was surprised. But that whole thing is a clusterfuck over there. Like they, Ooh. they have the team, uh, the Patriots team chaplain now was running the organization. <laughs> like what the hell is happening? So um, I'm, I'm happy he's out. I hope he, you know he's going to go chase a ring now. I would assume. I would right? hope. I yeah. would hope. Um, I didn't foresee him. I, 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 you could see he was becoming disgruntled star player. Um, I think he had one press conference where he pretty much lashed out and said, there's people in here that are not working and that shit is unacceptable. Um, he, Everybody saw the film of him apologizing to Deshaun saying, we basically wasted one of your years, man. Um, he's only played... A full 16 games one time in the past like five years. Well, yeah, two times, including for. this year. Two times in the past like five, six years. Um, yeah, he was a staple of that community. I thought he would have ended up staying there. Um, I'm I'm shocked he just got released. I thought they would have tried to trade him and get some type of assets back. But he can't. Um, he doesn't have any value. Yeah, I was about to say he's no he's no dead cap anymore. Um he only has one year left on his he only had one year left on his deal. Um and nobody would have taken him for that eighteen point five mil, I think, that he was owed. Um so I, I just like that the reticle was different when he asked for What's the name versus the trade, but man, that's the it's a false equivalency yeah. in actuality. I mean, I understand, guys, I understand, but I was just curious that when Calvin Johnson asked Detroit 
But then Matthew Stafford actually. Anyway, um, <laughs> where do you think Watt ends up? Um, I think JJ Watt is gonna end up uh, either Don't with the vaults. Okay. No, I'm not going to say the Jaguars. No, that's not even what uh, I was going to say. I was going to say, we've got plenty of pass rushers. We're fine. Oh. Uh, I think he ends up either with the uh, Baltimore Ravens or actually um, he might end up with the uh, 49ers. There's no way he goes to Pittsburgh. Okay. There, that's what I was talking saying. about don't him going that. with his Please brother. Don't no. Say. I don't think he's going First to. First of all, TJ would be fucking pissed. <laughs> like, this is my team. You're going to come in here and take this from me now? But uh, no, I think he goes to like the 49ers. Um, maybe even Denver to play with Vaughn Miller, but they have a, the first round pick they took. What was that last year? Two years ago, uh, Greg, uh, the pass rusher. So I, uh, I'm not. Oh yeah. They got Bradley Chubb. They got Bradley yeah. Chubb. Chubb. Yep. So he, <laughs> I'm thinking like the 49ers or maybe even the chargers, but yeah. they've got Melvin Ingram and, uh, Bosa. So I, I'm not sure where he's going to go. I, he's going to go to a team and just be a specialist. That's for sure. And I don't wow. think he's going to take money. I think he's going to chase rings. So. Yeah, I'm shocked you didn't say the two teams that I think. Um, I got him either going to Green Bay, going back home to Wisconsin, because we all know he's a Wisconsin boy. Uh, He'll tell you at every turn. Um, (laughs) Even in his cabin, that's not a cabin. That's better than a lot of our houses. Um, Or I think he's going to go to Kansas City. No, there's no way he goes to Kansas City. Why not? Kansas City just paid uh, Chris Jones, um, D Ford. We just said he's not going for money. I he's not going to take the. I see him being like I see him being the Chris Long of this uh, saga. Like when Chris Long left uh, St. Louis slash L.A., he went to New England, then he ended up in uh, Philly to go get some rings. I, I think he'll go to Kansas City. Yeah, I mean that's true. If he's looking for rings, I just don't think he's going to take like the vet minimum. And I don't, I just, I don't think that Kansas city would even reach out because they, they, you know, they've got their opportunity. Yeah, no, you're right. Their pass rush is not as effective as they'd want it to be. I mean, we all, we talked about it to the run up of the Super Bowl, who had the better pass rush, even though they have Frank Clark and Chris Jones, we thought Tampa Bay's the front seven had more teeth than Kansas City. So why not add a specialist, a third down? And plus, he he even though he's a great pass rusher, his uh, rush win rate is also top five still in the league. So yeah. he's still effective on every down. <clears throat> yeah. Um, you're probably going to be right about this. I'm. <laughs> yeah, you're probably going to be right about this. Okay. I was right about the Super Bowl, but you'll probably be right oh, about this one. Geez, he's never going to let me live this one down. You each get one prediction. Who's it going to be? What team? Uh, what team? Can we get one for each conference? <laughs> I'm going to say Green Bay. I'm changing. I'm going to say Green Bay as well. So. <laughs> Market. I said Green Bay from now the beginning. I, stick with I didn't even City. think about Green Bay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm stuck with Kansas City, I guess. All right. What well, about Brent, San Diego? Speaking of Watt moving, San Diego doesn't exist anymore. Um, I mean, it exists as a city, <laughs> but the team doesn't exist anymore. Damn, that's going to be years before I get there, right? <laughs> um, maybe they'll move back. Who knows? Um, but as talking about all this movement, Brennan, do you think we'll see as much movement in this offseason as we're being led to believe at this point? 
So this is hard for me because of recency bias. I want to say we're going to see more movement than we've ever seen in the history of off seasons. Well, ever. if one quarterback because moves, that's, that's more movement than we've normally seen. If one quarterback that's true, in that's what prime, everyone's talking about. Yeah, and that's what everyone's talking about. But I feel like we do this every year, but I can't remember a year. And again, it could be recency bias, but I can't remember a year where Carson Wentz, who was up for the MVP just a few years ago, uh, Deshaun Watson once out, uh, Matthew Stafford already has been traded. Jared Goff, who just went to a Super Bowl a few years ago, is now on a new team. Um, the Colts have no idea what they're going to do because Philip Rivers retired. Uh, the Steelers have no idea what the fuck they're going to do if Big Ben is going to try. He said he wants to keep playing, but I got a prediction for the Steelers, by the way. All right. Um, the Patriots, and I'm just talking about quarterbacks. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, obviously. It, yeah, it's very rare that you see quarterbacks change teams. Dak Prescott still in the Dak Prescott still, still unsigned. Win. Yeah. Um, so when we were talking about this and we put it in the <clears throat> in the rundown and everything, my prediction is that uh, with the player empowerment um, era that we are now in, with which you and I have talked about extensively, I think that, yes, we will see more movement this year. Um, than we've ever seen, especially when it comes to the quarterback position or high profile defensive players. I think there's going to be a lot of movement, especially because the cap is going to either stay stagnant or go down. Mm. So some teams who have been kicking that can down the road, uh, my LA Rams, uh, the uh, <laughs> New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Saints are $67 million over the cap. Yeah, they're functionally screwed as well as uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, so they're going to have to make moves. I mean, obviously, it won't be the quarterback position in most of those cases, but they're going to have to find ways to figure out how to get high-profile people out of there to I mean, get under the I mean, a lot of the these teams function like businesses where they work in the red for majority of the time. You don't make money owning a team until you sell the team. Yeah, but also what I'm saying as far as the cap is, is that a lot of teams kept pushing it down the road, i.e. the Patriots, the Saints, the Rams. But eventually the bill comes like eventually you have a year where you cannot afford to keep anybody. So you have to try and win within your window. And I mean, we, we've seen it before. We've seen it in the past. I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles had one of the best rosters three years ago. Yeah. And between me, injuries... Injuries and free agents, they they were decimated. Uh, you know, we saw up and down with the Patriots, you know, just a few years ago. I hate to bring it back to the Jaguars like I always do, but we literally were in an AFC championship game with one of the best young defenses in the NFL. Number one in like four out of the seven elite categories. And then people get traded. People can't, you know, we can't afford to resign people. We re we signed fucking middle linebackers from the Cleveland Browns who look like they're scared to hit people. And now all of a sudden within two years, it's gone. So I think with the cap, the way it is, we're going to see more movement than we've ever seen before. This is cap breakdown with bread and sassum. Um, or don't in Brendan's case, uh, you better not be tipping anybody. Um, I think there'll be more movement. I think I think Deshaun I definitely think Deshaun is out of there. Um they're not taking calls for him. Did you hear about this? <laughs> sure they're not. Um it, 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 time will come. Time will yeah. come. I would say I think it's only a matter of time. They're trying to play hardball, but if he's firm and either you get rid of me or you get nothing for me, they're going to have to cave on that. Um 
Derek Carr's name is being talked about now. Mariota's oh, name is Derek, being yeah. talked about now. Um, I think once uh, I'm so perplexed with the Eagles, um, because you fire the coach because you want to keep the quarterback. You hire, you don't hire any of the top candidates. You hire a guy who was on the staff behind the guy who Carson had a good relationship with. And then you bring him in. Then you get rid of him. And then you want to get rid of the quarterback. Why did we do all this for the, the benefit of the quarterback if we don't even want to keep the quarterback? You can't explain the stupidity to me at this point, Howie. I don't get it. Um, but besides the point, um, I think I think there's gonna be I think there's gonna be a significant amount of movement, um, the likes of which we have not seen prior. And I think Cam I think Cam Newton goes to the Steelers. How you like that? I think Cam Newton goes on IR. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't, I don't think he has much much left in him, but I think he I has feel bad, man. And this is it's all cyclical and this is kind of a sidebar, but the reason why mobile quarterbacks? Oh my gosh, Brandon, don't have it. Don't do this. No, I'm just gonna Steve have Young Allen exists. Too. Steve Young exists. I understand that, but what I'm saying is, uh, obviously, let's just break it down. Patrick Mahomes uses his feet a lot. Patrick Mahomes is probably the most talented quarterback in the NFL right now. Not probably is the most talented quarterback in the NFL. He has to have Steve surgery again. Randall Cunningham, Warren Moon. All right. Dante point, point taken. Okay. Michael Vick. <laughs> Michael Vick. Play for many years. I just, I get nervous because look at, you know, that we have so many examples. RG3 was out after he was close to like he won rookie of the year and everything. And I just get worried with these guys who like to run around like and guys not big who guys. don't take care of themselves. That's yeah, true. Take it out. Russell Wilson still in the um, Oh, speaking of movement, did oh, yeah. you see that? <laughs> speaking of Good Russell segue. Wilson, yeah. I think Russell Wilson is out. I'm going to mark you it right now. You think he's out? I don't think he's out. No, it is February 15th at 11:32 p.m. East Coast time. Russell Wilson will not be a Seattle Seahawk when the season starts. I don't. I I cannot see them getting rid of Russ. That is insane. But um, no. The the issue with Cam is Cam took too many shots. He did the Big Ben, but he didn't have the arm talent that Big Ben had where he took too many shots just standing in the pocket or trying to elude pocket pressure and just they just broke him down. Yeah. They broke him yeah. down like he was Gronk. Like they just took limb for limb from him and just defensive lines would just walk away with his arm in their fucking mouth and he'd be left as a carcass uh, yeah, behind really a terrible offensive line. Because after week two, I was like, sign this dude. Four years. Sign him up. Let's go. After that Seattle game, was that two week yeah. two or week three? I was week like, two? let's do it. And then but the rest of the season, I was like, uh, I was wrong. Well, speaking of sign that dude, Brennan, uh, one Urban Meyer, we, we've been, I mean, we know this is your team. The Jacksonville, how do you say it? Jaguars. <laughs> I just wanted to mess with Greg and Farza. Um, <laughs> we knew that it, we were, it was going to be interesting. We, we wanted to see how Urban would handle, you know, being at the professional level. And in his first public move, didn't work out too well. 
Uh, <laughs> he's signed. What are you talking about? Charlie Strong's on the staff. Oh, yeah. Charlie Strong is on the staff. Uh, also, Chris Doyle was on the staff. Um, Chris he, Doyle. He didn't have one black friend he could have called. He didn't have anybody. He could have called Charlie. <laughs> he didn't That's even, what I'm saying. He didn't even hit up Charlie. <laughs> I was like, come on, man. Um, Chris Doyle, for those that don't know, was uh, the Iowa strength and conditioning coach who was dismissed at the start of the season when a bunch of his former players and current players came out and said that he had been uh, racially insensitive, telling them that if they don't perform, that he'll send them back to the ghettos um, and just marginalize them as human being. And uh, I believe one workout he had ended up sending like 13 players to their emergency room or whatnot. And it was deemed as harassment and bullying, whatever workout it was. Uh, not a good guy. Let's just say that. Not, 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 not a good guy. Just not the greatest of guys. Maybe not the leader of men you want to bring into, you know, a professional <laughs> setting. Um, and urban, urban, you know, his name's Urban, and he doesn't have a one black friend. Um, Urban Meyer was at a press conference after he announced his staff, and he said he vetted him. That's all he said. That was his. He didn't say the guy learned anything. He didn't say the guy apologized. G- gave him some vote, vote competent confidence. Is it vow confidence? Vow confidence? Yeah. Or anything? He just said, "I vetted the guy. I've known him for twenty years. He's a great guy. That's my guy." Brandon, can you explain this? Um, I would love to. Can you explain this? Also, tell you ex- Chris Doyle, after one day of getting raked through the coals, he put in his resignation letter. I'm going to tell you exactly, allegedly, what happened. Allegedly. Um, I only say allegedly because obviously I wasn't in the room, but I've been around enough coaches and around enough football to kind of figure out where this went. Okay. Um. So this is just my speculation, 100% my speculation. Not speculating. I'm assuming Urban called him and said, hey, coach, I need a strength coach. I know you're not working right now. Let's talk about what happened. And then I'm assuming Coach Doyle would have said, these guys are all too sensitive. They're being a bunch, excuse my language. They're being a bunch of fucking pussies. Like, I'm just trying to get them excuse better. His language. They're taking this way too seriously. Exactly. Like I treat all my players the same. And Urban said, that's all I need to know. See you on Friday. <laughs> because that's the thing is like, this is an old boys club. Urban's known him forever. He thinks that with the way I'm, I'm again, I can't speak for anybody, but I'm sure he thinks the way of player empowerment's ridiculous. He was so insulated in Columbus, even though he got suspended. Look what happened with the, uh, Ryan Smith. Yeah. <laughs> And he got suspended for three games. And the, Ryan Rosillo talked about this on his podcast, and I was listening to it earlier. But he had clips of like all these different sports podcasts, all these different coaches, uh, and how they react to the media when they're questioned. And I've said this from the beginning: Urban Meyer is a fantastic college coach, maybe one of the best behind Bear Bryant and Nick Saban. Uh, but he is going to learn real quick that these guys, these men that make as much money as they do are not going to take shit because they're not trying to get drafted out of Ohio state. Yeah. He's a great college coach. He's a novice professional coach. 
Yeah, to say the least. And so I think that's exactly what happened. He called him up. He said, they're overreacting. They're crazy. They're a bunch of babies. And everyone was like, yeah, you're right, man. Like, it's going to be all good. And then didn't call Charlie on his staff and say, hey, man, this guy is like <laughs> deemed a racist by spot. public opinion. Didn't reach out to any of the players to take the temperature of how they may feel because obviously everyone had heard this story about this guy this offseason. This is just another case of white people always getting the benefit of the doubt. Urban Meyer gave his boy Ryan Smith the benefit of the doubt when that guy's wife had went to the police and said, my husband is beating me. Urban kept him on the staff and was like, he just needs Jesus. Like, no, man, listen to the people around you. Get some facts. Don't talk to him. This is similar to the case where, um, fuck, I can't remember the guy's name, but now the disgraced former uh, Mets GM when it came out that he had been sending fucking excuse my language, dick pics to fucking female reporters and whatnot. And the Mets, when they vetted him, didn't talk to one female in the process. Urban, if you're going to hire somebody on your professional staff, knowing that, by the way, I'm before he resigned, I thought dude was going to slide because I was going to be like, I don't think Jacksonville media has enough teeth to get this dude removed from the staff. And I still don't think they do because they just love having a football team. I think it was because of the uproar that was the national media coming out forced this guy to end up sending his resignation letter in. But Jacksonville is black Twitter, man. We got teeth. I don't think you got teeth. I don't think you got teeth. You got teeth. You don't got teeth. <laughs> All right. Teeth. All right. All right. All right. We're going to get to TK in a little bit. Anyway. But yeah, no. He, he, Urban was giving him the benefit of the doubt because he felt like he knew this guy and he knows Kurt Ferentz and that was his vetting process. Not talking to any of the players, not talking to the players on his staff, the people of color on his own staff and see how they would have felt about bringing this guy on. And it's just a dereliction of duty. Your first job as the head of quote unquote football operations. I don't think you guys have a GM yet. Do you, or did you already hire Trent bulky? Yeah. Yeah. We hired Trent bulky. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> this goes up the chain. Actually, this goes up the chain. Cause it's not just yeah, urban decision. By, I was about to say, Trent Bulky, Chad Con, Tony Con, all of you Shaw, guys Tony, are at yeah. fault here. How did no one see this and be like, this isn't a good idea. <laughs> because he sent 53 people to the NFL through Iowa's training staff. Get the fuck out of here. No, but that's what I, I, no, I'm not even trying to be facetious. No, 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 no. I, I, I bet, but like 40 of them were offensive linemen. Yeah, but when you, <laughs> when you <laughs> but it's one of those things, and we see it all the time, especially in sports. Um, that if you can put together that kind of, that's what I'm saying. Urban knows this guy. He his resume, despite the fact that he's not a good person, his resume is impeccable. His resume as far is as his not the resume is not him sending 53 people. Kurt Ferentz and the team have a lot to do with that. No, I understand that. But what I'm saying is when you have an Iowa offensive lineman breaking strength records almost every other year at the combine, you look to the strength. I'm just saying that's that's why he gets these chances. I say, that's nonsensical. 
any SNC, if you have the raw talent of them boys queuing corn in the middle of Iowa, any SNC, you can go tell those boys to do 25 push-ups and they'll be bringing straight through the uh, in a minute. Right? No, I'm no, I'm not saying you're defending them. I'm just saying like the logic of, oh, this is the greatest S like Alabama pays their SNC over a million dollars. No SNC deserves that, man. Like this guy was making like $800,000 in Iowa. It's like, dude, any person, Greg, telling me to hurry up, that's an SNC right there. All right. Sorry. Brandon, the heat is on. <laughs> the heat is on. <laughs> All right. You, you have been riding me early on in the season because I was saying, I don't know, man. I don't know if the heat can bounce back. Well, the heat has started to bounce back. Uh, they're currently outside of the playoff picture, but they've won four of their last five games uh, since Jimmy has come back fully from health protocol, uh, COVID protocols. Uh, he was a little light because he ended up having it, so he ended up putting some weight on. And since then, they seem to be rolling. I believe they lost tonight to the Clippers, but outside game is still of that, going on. game's still going on. Yep. Uh, but outside of that, Brennan, how you feeling about your heat, man? I really think the Heat are coming back. Um, like you said, they got ravaged by uh, injuries and COVID and the whole the whole thing. Just the whole thing was kind of fucking with them. Um, I really think uh, Bam Adebayo is going to make the uh, All-Star team this year. Um, just, I mean, you already kind of touched on it, but just to go through it, Jimmy Butler's only played uh, 14 games this season. Um, I think I have a possible, what is it, like 26, 30 right 26, now? Yeah, 26, so, I'm um, saying, yeah. Duncan Robinson is the only guy that's continued to play. Uh, Bam was even out for a few games. Hero's been out. Uh, Dragic, as usual, is out. So I really hey. think they're going to bounce back. Um, and they're bouncing back. I mean, they lost to Utah, but Utah right now is on Utah fucking Utah is amazing, fire. as I called weeks ago. Yeah, you did call that. Um, but yeah, they're 11-15 now. They are out of the playoff picture, but I think they're going to put it together. I think they will end up as the sixth or seventh seed uh, going into the playoffs. And as long as they're peaking at the right time, that's the thing with Utah is I think they're peaking too early. And I think if Miami can get all their pieces back together, get a little continuity going on, here we go, let's go, and then go into the playoffs with that, I think they're going to be just fine. All right. <clears throat> um, I agree with just about everything you said. Uh I think I was too quick to judge not understanding the whole situation, the severity of what they were going through with, especially the COVID protocol. I understand how severe COVID is, guys. You both are looking at me like I'm a crazy man. No, your audio kicked out. Oh, did it? Yeah, what? you're good. Don't touch anything. You're fine. Oh, okay. Um, let me make sure I'm on audition still. All right. I'm still going. Uh, but I didn't understand. I didn't know because they were being... Um, they were being very close to the vests as far as who was in protocol, who was just regularly in injury protocol. So we weren't getting a lot of information. So it seemed like um, it didn't seem like that's why Jimmy was being uh, out of the rotation. But since they got back, I think they're currently up on the Clippers. I'm going to keep referencing this game that everybody already knows the outcome to now that they're listening to this. But um, yeah, I, th I think they can... Uh, get their way to a six-seven seed, especially looking at who's in the six-seven seed. Um, but Brennan, I believe you wanted to talk about who was in the fifth seed. 
The fifth seed. The fifth seed. <laughs> you talking about the East? Yeah, the East. The Boston Celtics, 13 and 13. Sorry, you threw me off. I was looking, I was yeah, I literally know. looking up the stats from the Denver Los Angeles Lakers game. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to switch it up there because it was a natural segue. Um, yeah, thank you. That's why we have the rundown, so you can switch up the rundown. <laughs> Oh, we put that on. Yeah, I wanted to talk about the Boston Celtics. Um, just because they're 13 and 13, so they're at 500, which, you know, it's fifth in the East, but also the Wizards, who are one of the worst teams in the NBA, is like two games out of the playoff picture in the East. Yeah, so three and a half. Three. I just am I'm shocked because. Okay, I just real quick want to break this down. Last year, Gordon Hayward was considered the fifth option on this team. Yes. Um, Fourth. And Gordon Hayward is a very good player, especially when he's healthy. He was considered the fifth option. Fourth. Now, you would think a team that has four players that you would qualify as better options than Gordon Hayward, who is now a Three. max player on Charlotte, playing very well, um, would be very good. And the last three years now with... Um, Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown and those guys, they have looked those fantastic. Boys. And, you know, when they had Kyrie, everyone, you know, that's a whole different story. But so <laughs> they've been in contention in the East for the last four years now. This will be the fourth year. And to go into this season with, I know Kemba's hurt, but Kemba's always hurt. That's what you have to, <laughs> you have to prepare for that. But you know what I mean? Like you Yay! have to prepare for that. You have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, who should be the cornerstone pieces of this franchise for the next 10 they years. They also had some protocol issues, but okay. They did, but still, to only be 500 is astounding to me. I thought they would be the second best team in the East. I even said that going into the season. I don't know. I know, you know we're not even the Sixers are peaking too early, man. The Celtics are waiting only, to peak at the right we're time. We're 37% of the way through the season. Oh, you did the math. Um, when this comes out on Tuesday, I only know that because the all-star voting is due by Tuesday, and that's what I heard on podcast, that that's only 37% of the season. What? But, um I just think they should be better. I know they've, they're going through it. Like every team's going through it, but guess what? You say protocol, you say this, you say that. Yeah. So is everybody else. So you should be better than 13 and 13. That's what I, that's all I wanted to say about that. I like how Brendan didn't even get the, the comedy of me saying that the Sixers are peaking too early. The same way he said Utah was peaking too early. The Sixers are going to peak the whole baby. One team's thinking too early. One team has no dip. One team just has peace. Oh, I'm going to say this right here also while we're just talking about the East. The oh, Sixers geez. are better. Don't do it. You don't have to do it. It's too early to I'm do it. I'm doing it. It's I'm too early. I'm doing it. It's too early. Bucks get bounced in the first round. Wow. Wow. Oh, my gosh. This guy's uncontrollable. Somebody get some a fire extinguisher and take this guy out. Got too many hot takes. Speaking of hot. Speaking of hot. I don't know which one you want to go to. The Suns. Yeah, <laughs> you, got, you see, we're the same person, man. You feel me? The Suns are on fire. Nine, uh, nine of their last 10 they've won. They've been on a hot streak. They've won their last six in a row. Brennan, does Chris Paul deserve some type of a MVP consideration? Because he... Chris Paul is number five on my MVP voting. He's number five on your, is that the Brennan Power Index MVP index? Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I have a vote and he's number five. Um, he, he was in, uh, left Houston to go to OKC last year, gets OKC to the playoffs, leaves OKC, ends up in Phoenix this year. Phoenix is, I believe, the number four team in the West currently, four or five. I took that tab off. Um, 
And the only difference to their roster this year, it for nice, I nailed that. Their only difference to the roster this year is Chris Paul leading them with 8.2 assists. Devin Booker is taking his game to another level, completing an all around game as well as defense. DeAndre Ayton is starting to look like a man, unlike he had did in the last couple of years when he looked like a boy, seven, seven foot boy, big boy. It's a big boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, Brandon, do you think the 70 the 76ers, Jesus Christ, do you think the Phoenix Suns are for real? Yeah, I absolutely think they're for real. I don't think they're in contention um right now. <gasps> uh just because the West is so loaded. Uh between the Clippers, the Lakers, uh You can't say can the never, Jazz now. You I already mean, shat on the Jazz. No, I'm not going to say the Jazz. Oh uh, my but god, why did you shit on the Jazz? <laughs> Because the I, I think the top three teams in the West are going to be um, the the Lakers, the Nuggets, the Clippers, and then coming in at number four, I think it's probably going to be uh, that'll be where Utah sits. But um, I think the Suns are I what Chris Paul has done is mind blowing. They were a dumpster fire like Whew. two years ago. They, they were two years two away years from being from two years <laughs> away. <laughs> As Cor- Tony Kornheiser says, man, I ran you over getting to that one. I, they're always two years away that? from being two years over, away. And Chris Paul has changed the mindset of that franchise. He has changed the work ethic of that franchise. He has changed just the overall intensity of that franchise. I think he deserves all the credit in the world. Because like you said, they brought back everybody. It's the same cast of characters except CP3. Yep. Um I mean, he they looked good in the bubble. Um, that was them really kind of put it yeah, together. Yeah, no in the bubble. Exactly. That was them putting it together. And this season with Chris Paul there is really them putting it together. Um, they figured out a lot of things. Um, and it relieves Devin to not have the entire weight of the world 100%. on his shoulders. So it frees uh, him up to do more. But yeah. Yeah. Um, really like that kid. Really like that kid. Um all right, you want to talk about? <laughs> Let's get to it. My Denver Nuggets had the primetime game last night against my brother's Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, don't ask why, Brennan. He is he's all over the spectrum here. Yeah, he's all, I'm so <laughs> he's he's all over the map. All right. Uh, so yeah, uh, LeBron basically said that guy gets triple doubles. I'm going to try to get a triple-double. Well, he failed. He failed, Brendan. God damn it, I did it. Brendan, he failed. Yeah, missed it by one assist. And you know who did it? That guy over there, as you call him affectionately? His floorness. There we go. Uh, yo, jeez. Oh, name always kind of trips me up. Nikola Jokic. 23 points, 16 boards, 10 dimes. He put on a clinic last night, Brendan. Him along with his running mate, Jamal Murray, 25 points. Um, The only sad thing about this game is that Anthony Davis had to leave early. Um, He's been battling an Achilles injury. Um, Yeah, this is bad. It is bad. It's not a tear or anything. It's soreness swelling around the tendon. Um, they're talking of potentially putting him on ice, no pun intended, for a couple months, a uh, couple weeks, maybe some months, um, gearing him up for the playoffs. Uh, you hope, you hope uh, he's able to make it back because 
if he's not there, I, I mean, LeBron has done it. He has put teams on his shoulders, but he ain't did it in the West. And yeah, we saw what happened two years ago when they didn't have horde. Anthony Davis. It's going to be hard to do it in the West. Yeah, he's. Um, I'm worried about the Anthony Davis situation because you hate to say it, but he's injury prone. Um, he has been since coming out of college. Uh, I luckily it's not a tear, but you don't know how bad it, it's going to get. Um, and we saw what happened with LeBron James on that team th- three years ago now when they didn't have Anthony Davis. And they had a lot more pieces that they hadn't given up for Anthony Davis, and they missed the playoffs. I mean, I know that was the first year Braun was ever injured for an extended period of time, but still, look at Brandon. I, I think LeBron needs. I think Anthony Davis needs LeBron more than LeBron needs Anthony Davis. But I don't think. I mean, he's thirty six. I don't think he's at an age where he can carry this whole team. He might be thirty seven, but he's LeBron James, so I could be wrong. But I think the injury is a big thing, and. Just real quick, his floorness, my man, the Joker, that guy, he had like a he had a triple double like before the half almost. Like that guy's, he's great, guy's man. He's good. he's fun he's to good. watch. He's fun for an unathletic, <laughs> slow moving, seven foot Eastern European. Somehow I don't understand how he's so than, good at basketball. Somehow he's slower than. Uh, uh, what's your guy? Dallas, Donk Luca. So now he's slower than Luca, but just as talented as Luca. And Luca's pretty yeah. slow as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're white Eastern European guys. So what do you want from them? <laughs> well, Luca's problem is he likes eating, and he's young enough where he can just run he it. Probably off. would smoke cigarettes if they would let him. Oh, a hundred percent. Where is he from? Like Lithuania? Of oh, Jebrejna. He's from. He's from where Goran Dragic from? Where's Goran from again? Serbia. 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 Yeah. Yeah, I'm Serbian. I should be playing basketball. Well, if you're six eight, yeah, that would really help. <laughs> All right. This is where we bring in Greg. Greg, I know it was a 1-0 loss, but the Avs are back on the ice. Yeah, it was nice. I mean, after <clears throat> two weeks off, pretty much, they got back on. Tough defense. It was two, ended up being them. two weeks? Yeah, nearly they played on like a Monday or Tuesday and then didn't play again until yesterday. Two weeks, nearly two weeks later. But they, uh, oh, wow, you know, yeah. two of the best teams in the West, Las Vegas and Colorado. A one nothing victory, very tightly contested game. Good goaltending, good defense. And they'll see each other again tomorrow night and then two more times, culminating on Saturday with a game on Lake Tahoe or near Lake Tahoe. But an outdoor game in Lake Tahoe for the Avalanche and the uh, Golden Knights. That would be exciting. Lake Tahoe, Greg. It's on the corner between Nevada and California. So it's in both states. It's It's in both states. That's interesting. I don't know which state they'll be playing in. I think California. That is. That's weird. It's in two states. I'm not going to make a joke. Uh, <laughs> um, well, that's good to hear. Happy they're back on the ice. Um, yeah. Happy they're back on the ice. Out of protocol. And nobody on the team ended up getting it, right? It was pretty much just because of the wild. 
There wasn't a lot of news about it. There may have been a couple in the protocol, but the good thing about the time off is mm. that McKinnon came back and played, and he didn't miss nearly two weeks that he would have. I mean, two weeks of games. Yeah, that's one of the things you so were, that was, that's one of the things you were of, hoping for. A lot of those guys. Yeah, because I was very upset with all the injuries. injuries. Yeah, like six injuries for really didn't know how long they were going to be out, and most of them are back. Although now there's some new injuries, but what are you going to do? I mean, it's the game. Speaking of the game, Brennan, our teams went head to head this weekend. Yes, and they did. Today. And you know who came out on top? Of this overall series, your team. Of the overall series, my Florida Panthers. That's why we have the entire state's name on our sweater. Still sweater. behind in the standings. Sweater. Look, Brennan, we missed a lot of games because other teams couldn't get their shit together. All right. But. My boy Barky went off. My boy Huber do. Uh, Duclair did his thing. And Ekblatt from the defensive position. The boys put well. The best, the most interesting part about this entire series was a lot of high scoring. You were not going to win if you didn't score more than five goals. <laughs> yeah, that's it's crazy. It scores 5-2. You guys take the first game. 6-1, the Lightning win. And then 6-4 in the game three. This is... This is what they wanted, though. This is the kind of hockey they wanted, more Olympic-style, high-scoring kind of hockey. Yeah, less uh, knuck if you buck and more slapping the puck. <laughs> need to be He's a hip-hop artist, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> there you go. Be on on Joe. <laughs> yeah, it was a great series, but uh, I was... Uh, Sam Coast is no longer on protocol. I don't know. I was just disappointed with Vasilevsky letting all those goals in. Yeah. And I was, well, game two, I was not happy with uh, Barky. But uh, outside of that, man, it, it's, again, I said it the last time we had a hockey topic. It's good to be rooting for a good team. Yeah, I'm never rooting for a good team. <laughs> I can't tell yeah, you the last I, time I felt happy rooting for this team. Just looking at it real quick. Um Right now, Tampa Bay is fourth in the overall standings and uh, for the entire NHL, and the Florida Panthers are right behind them at fifth. So mm. we're going to see how this plays out. Um, this is, this let me just fun. see where... Gunning for the top spot, man. Gunning for the top spot. Yeah. And we're not going to talk about the Avalanche when it comes to the standings because they were off for yeah, a Yeah, they just time. missed a whole damn yeah, week. Yeah, two weeks. Yeah, so. yeah, I think Tampa Bay. I mean, they're they're playing well, but Florida is putting it together, man. They're definitely the Panthers are putting it together. Florida, the new hotbed of hockey. You heard it here, folks. First, folks. Speaking of Florida and right, when you are, baby, and uh, events and sports. Greg, take us to the quickets. And you'll be surprised how quick and quick name hits. Quick hit. Folks, I don't know if you know, but Brennan, I'm pretty sure you're aware of what this weekend was. The Super Bowl of the South. Yep. The big daddy of them all. The race of the week. Race of the week. And we're going to be talking about race later when I talk about race. But the Daytona 500 took place this Sunday, folks. Brandon, did you get to catch any of this after the no, six-hour delay? <laughs> no, every time I turned it on, it was delayed, so I didn't. I stopped. Just like Mike, just like Tony, I 
Checked it like four or five times, and then I was done. All day. Kept checking to see, and they kept giving me the stats of the days before, and I was like, no, what What about today? Who's leading now? And it's like, oh, well, it hasn't started yet. I'm like, Jesus Christ. It, it feels like every year, at least like in the past five years, it always gets pushed yep. because of weather, or I don't know why this year they didn't do like in years past, where they just move it to the next day. Yeah, I'm not sure. I I didn't catch any of it. I did hear that weird stat that the gentleman who won—I don't even have his name up. Uh, uh Michael the guy McDowell. Who won, though it was the first. Yeah. Okay. First race he's won <laughs> in 382 starts. That was a yeah. It's an honor was on a coming to flag at Daytona. An honor coming to America too. McDowell's won the. <laughs> great job, great. He was a hundred one, oh, hundred to it. one, man. That's uh, I wish I'd have put a hundred bucks on that fellow yeah, to win. Yeah, long shot. Yeah, I, um, yeah. I think it was what was the number again, Brennan? Three hundred and forty-two races for him. All right, Brennan, don't answer. Three hundred eighty-two or eighty-seven, oh, something geez. like that. All right. What were you gonna say, Greg? I I, I usually watch. Daytona 500. I watched like the first few races of the season, then I kind of get bored with NASCAR. But I, for some reason, it was not on my radar this year at all. And it wasn't until I saw a tweet that it was uh, suspended due to weather that I was like, oh shit. And so I turned it on and, you know, it was, you know, rain delay the whole time. Then I kept seeing tweets about people talking about animation domination on Sunday night on Fox. And they're like, well, that actually may not come on tonight because the race will still be going on. Uh, So, yeah. yeah, I just totally. Totally fell off my radar this year. But of course they had that you direct to end the race like the, they uh, seem to do. If you watched what was in the NFC championship game, they kept saying two weeks away from the big race. Um but yeah, no, multiple pileups in yesterday's race. There was a big one early on, and like Greg and Brennan alluded to, there was one late in the final lap. And uh, McDowell was able to win on a caution flag that took out like like six, seven drivers uh, towards the back end. Somebody's like whole trunk was taken apart, disintegrated in all that dang smoke. Um, our guy, our guy from last year, I don't know if you guys remember the story about the Ryan Newman guy who was in a super duper crazy crash where he almost lost his life effectively last yeah, year. And he ended up getting like sent to Halifax. crash I'd ever seen. Yeah. Like that one looked worse. He got T-boned than while Dale upside Earnhardt down, RIP. right in the driver's side. Yeah. Yeah. His, yeah. He got T-boned right um, in the driver's side he was, while he was upside down. Yeah. He was in the race yesterday and he was in one of the pileups, but he was able to walk away unscathed this time, unlike last time where it was scary, but Daytona, heavy rain, super delay, good race. I watched the last lap, good race, other than all the crashes. One thing I noticed, one thing I noticed during the, during the, during the rain delay, they went through the driver lineup and all the people that had pictures where they weren't smiling, those are the guys that are considered the villains in the racing. It's hilarious, you can tell. (laughs) That's a guy that's a nice guy. Oh yeah. That dude is an asshole. We can tell because he's not smiling in his promotional <laughs> photo that they use. It's like, like it's like wrestling. Yep. <laughs> like they pick Sorry, their heels point that out. once you're in like driving academy. <laughs> no smiling for you. Uh, yeah, you 
can't smell. You, you got a good smile. Go ahead and smile. But um, as you guys know, I've been agonizing all season with Fulham's performance in the Premier League. Uh, but this week end, we actually won a game. <laughs> the first time since like November, uh, we beat a top tier team, which was stunning. We won two nil. Uh, Tony, I'm gonna dig into you in the next segment, but uh, the guy I don't know if you go back and listen to, I said we ended up getting our second uh choice in the transfer window, not our first. He started for the first time yesterday. Uh and he 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 got in two goals. So you know, great great day for Josh Madger. Great day for Harrison Reed and great day for the the man in the the man in the middle, Scott Parker. Um but speaking of Fulham, Brennan, I know you're not aware. I know you're not yeah. up to date on all the Fulham news. But Tony Khan I am not up to date on all the Fulham news. Our boy, fan of the show, friend of the show, Tony Khan. Big fan. Huge fan of the show. He's also a big fan of Twitter. And I don't know how I feel about essentially my GM going to Twitter to refute stories that then puts your team in an awkward place. So um, they ended up, I'm going to leave out a lot of the semantics, but they ended up getting some extra money after the transfer window closed. And somebody made an assertion that they should have gone after a player. And he was saying that, well, we would have gone after that player if we would have had this money that just came in today to go after him. And then everybody was like, well, why are you saying that out loud? Because now everybody can hear it. The guy you just brought in is going to feel like you didn't want him. You put in the manager in a real pickle. So I was like, probably Twitter, not the best place to take care of this. And it's funny that we share this GM because he's a part of your organization uh, that you yes. root for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I was wondering last summer, he kind of did a similar thing with Yannick and And how did that make you feel? It's interesting because you never see executives really come out and argue with players, especially on Twitter where everyone can see it. I think he had some good points. Uh, I agree with a lot of the Twitter verse and the fact that they were saying that Tony Khan pretty much schooled Yannick uh, coming after him because you, he was right. Yannick hurts his trade value when you go out on Twitter and openly you know, uh, bash the team. Other GMs see that other executives see that. And they're kind of like, Hey, this might not be a great character guy to have in the locker room. If things go South, I don't know. I was, I thought it's cool. I, you know, Tony's got owns the AEW as well. So it was kind of like a, like a, a wrestling sort of thing, like call him out where everyone can see it. Mm. I enjoyed it when he did it. Um, I was pissed that Yannick wanted to leave, but he wanted to leave the year before. Um, I know that from yeah. sources inside the team. And also it was obvious. Plus, <laughs> speaking to some of the players personally, it was kind of a thing that was going on a couple of years ago. But um, any, any well, as Joe likes to say, any I liked well. it. I thought it was cool, but I understand how it can also... I thought it was cool to like see an executive go after a player like on social media because he would never do it in real life because they're executives and these guys are premier athletes. But I just thought it was interesting to see. And we knew he was on his way out anyway. So it's like kind of, you know, what what can you do? So what did you in, think? I I was two ways about the Yannick situation because 
yes, I liked it for the entertainment purposes, purposes. Um, but that doesn't make your organization look well in the eyes of the players as well. Because if I have an issue with you and you're going to clap back at me, then do, if I'm a free agent, do I want to go to the team where the GM is willing to go to Twitter and take me to task and make an example out of me? I feel like that's not great. Uh, 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 damn it. What's the word I'm looking for? It's not great. Optics. Not optics. The word's banned. Um, president. That's not great precedent to set going forward because now any free agent is going to see that that's how you're moving. That's how you're willing to react and lash out on Twitter if uh, if I don't fall in line with what you want to do. Also, I got an issue with his whole AEW shit. He has to get rid of some of his jobs. He can't have all these jobs. He, he can't have all these jobs. TK, TK, I love you. You can't have all these jobs. All right. You don't, t- you don't tweet about Fulham until we win a game. All right. I looked at your last like 50 tweets the other day. Not one of them was about Fulham until we got a win. I did. Where's the love? Where's the love? All hey, right? people, people love a winner, baby. And you guys won. Congratulations. Thank you. Looking like we're getting out of the uh, relegation zone soon. All right. Quick little Aussie update. Uh, also, Greg, I was right. February, not February. January is usually when the Aussie Opens takes place. Um, I wanted to address that. Right, Serena. Okay. In my memory, you were saying you thought it was later in the year. I thought it was. I look. I thought it was December into January. You're right there, but I still thought it was oh, so. closer to the start. Then okay. closer to the Super Bowl is what I was getting. At. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, um, gotcha. But no, you you were right that it was the first of all the opens. You got that part right. Um, all right, so Simone, Simone, Jesus Christ, I'm I am a mess. Uh, Naomi Osaka beat. I'm not even going to try to pronounce her name to move on to the semifinals where she will meet either Serena or Simona Halep. That's where the Simone came up. Um, and on the other side, we have uh, the daughter, I believe, of the owners of the Bills, uh, something Pagula. I don't know her first name, playing Brady, who's the number 22. She's American. And I don't remember her name. A Barty. I don't. Is it? I'm not going to try. I'm not going to fuck this up. Um, but yes, she is number one in the league, right? In the in the world. She's on the other side. Uh, so, yeah, we're rooting for everything that's black. So go Serena. Rooting for number 24. Um, so, yeah, that's your Aussie Open updates. Now, Greg, take us to the walk-off. All right. Well, Brendan, I don't know if there's going to be a ton of smiling today, but I will let you go first. All right. So my walk off this week is entitled, excuse me, politics, religion, finances, and sports. Hell of a title. So you guys shut up. Shut up. All right, here we go. I know this is something that everyone knows, or at least should know. But there are three things you should never talk about with strangers. 
Those three things are politics, religion, and finances. Over the past few months, I'm starting to think that maybe sports would fall into that category. For the rest of this walk-off, I will be speaking in broad, general terms on my own personal experience. I do not talk about politics, religion, or finances with people I do not know that well because those are very touchy subjects. Common through line they do possess is the well-known fact that they uh, they contain different philosophies to achieve whatever goal is in mind. I will elaborate. When it comes to politics, there are democracies, dictatorships, communist regimes, monarchies, on and on and on, that all believe that their style of governance is the correct one. Within each of these, a specific uh, excuse me, which in each of these specific macro ideologies, there are even more philosophies of how what the government should look like. Take the U.S. for example, which is considered a democracy but also has a very splintered citizenship as to how that democracy can best serve its people. Enter the party system, Democrats, Republicans, socialists, libertarians, nationalists, Whigs, imperialists, etc., etc., etc. This leads to an incredible amount of strife between individuals because on paper, all the different parties have their pros and cons. It is not a zero sum. It is not right or wrong, even though people will make you think it is. It simply comes down to what each individual values. With the idea of religion, well, I'm not going to touch that. Well, the breakdown mirrors that of politics. People kill each other over religion. So I would just say, don't talk about religion. Not with strangers, not with my family, not with anybody. Finances is a little more fun than the other two, but it is just as volatile because money runs the world. The three extreme ideas of what to do when it comes to finance are simple enough. You must spend money to make money. You should save like you're going to live forever. Or life is short, so you should have as much fun as you can. This is Clearly an incredibly simplistic view of finances, but I'm laying these out to prove a point about sports. One of the many things politics, religion, and finances have in common is that, they are more, that there's more than one specific way to reach a goal, but everyone thinks their specific way is right. The fact that most of us, or excuse me, the fact is most of the right answers are a blend of a few different ideals. Another thing they have in common is when people ask your opinion on any of the three, they do not care what you have to say. They only hope it reinforces their own ideas. Whether it's a professor, a deacon, or an executive at a financial firm, all the way down to people who get their quote-unquote information off of social media, they just want you to tell them, hey, you're right. This leads me to why sports is so similar. I live in Jacksonville, Florida home of the Jaguars of the NFL. I work in an environment where I have casual conversations with hundreds of people a week. And my go-to in these conversations used to be sports. I'm finding out though, this might have to change. I have discovered a similar pattern when talking about sports that I've seen before in all the above, the three above mentioned areas. People do not care what I have to say. They just want me to make them feel like they're as sports savvy as Ryan Rosillo, SVP, Mike Wilbon, Tony Kornheiser, or Joe Dorville. The main topic of discussion lately is, do we keep the number one pick in Trevor Lawrence or go get Deshaun Watson? I find myself in conversations where these strangers are just regurgitating a clip they saw on SportsCenter and preaching it like it's the gospel. They have no idea what they're even talking about and cannot be bothered to do the research. They heard what they heard, and that's all they believe now, which is Eerily similar to how people act when it comes to the fatal three. I have been told by old dads who played two years of high school football in the 80s that I don't know anything about the game. This has made me more enraged than any conversation ever has about money or the president. 
My ex-stepfather loved the Cowboys and would tell me all the time what they needed to do, but then would ask me about certain penalties during the game. He didn't even understand the game itself. All of this is a long-winded way of suggesting to our listeners and the general public at large, it is time to move sports into the same realm of politics, religion, and finances when it comes to casual conversation with strangers. This goes against everything I grew up loving about sports. But like the other three, it has been far more upsetting than rewarding lately. In the words of one of my comedic heroes, Tom Segura, some people just suck. <laughs> um, I don't agree. People don't need to talk, stop talking sports. They need to listen to this show so they can understand how to talk sports so that they can then disseminate the information that we are giving them to the rest of the world. True. That's how I see it. Um, me personally. <laughs> It's just so frustrating when people are like, no, they need to do this. And you're like, oh, well, based off of what? And they're like, cuz. And I'm like, go fuck yourself. (laughs) No, it's super infuriating talking sports with people who don't understand some things. Like, come on, man. If you're going to. They don't even bother to learn. They just heard something somewhere and they're like, yeah. "Yeah." They heard one thing and they're just running with that. And it's like, well, you don't even know what a 3-4 is versus a 4-3 and the benefits of having the outside linebackers, two DTs, having three linebackers, you know, linebacker can go out, cover. Look, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. (laughs) All right. Brennan, shut up. All right. Shut up. All right. My walk off this week is titled Belonging. Growing up. We didn't have red zone. Wasn't around, folks. Wasn't around. So after the local one o'clock games would go off, if we didn't go outside to play football that Sunday, I would keep the TV on and watch NASCAR. I was a kid, so I thought the cars were cool and loud and fast, and I just was mesmerized by the entire spectacle. Mind you, I lived in a predominantly black area in South Florida, and my parents were immigrants, so I didn't understand what the Confederate flag represented or its purpose. So seeing it at the NASCAR events on TV meant nothing to me. But as I got older and learned about the Civil War, I began to understand a little bit better. A few years later, I moved to Palm Coast, which is considered somewhere between North and Central Florida. Nobody really knows, but it's less than 30 minutes outside of Daytona. My first day of school, I was one of three black kids in my first period. I was in the sixth grade, seventh grade. I was in the seventh grade. This was a different experience for me. And the white kids dressed, ooh, what? And the white students dressed than the dressed differently than the ones in South Florida. They wore blue dream, blue blue dreams. They wore blue jeans straight out of Walmart, muddy boots camo jackets and book bags and lots and lots of clothing with the confederate flag on it which by the way isn't really even the confederate flag it's a battle flag and a lot of people get that confused a lot of idiots yeah uh but those kids whose parents took them those were the kids whose parents took them to the daytona 500 i was cool with some of them We liked the same music, same TV shows, played sports together, but that flag was a symbol that I wasn't truly accepted, whether they meant it as that or not, and whether I believed it or not. I thought we were friends, but them wearing that symbol proudly was a direct opposition to who I was. We all were just too young and too naive to understand that, but I knew 
as much as I would have loved to go down to International Speedway in Daytona and go to the track to watch the 500, I never felt like I belonged. Aw, Joe, I would have taken you to the 500. I wouldn't have felt safe. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's the whole oh, thing. I, I would love to have gone. I lived in, I lived there for what, like seven, eight years? Never went once. Yeah. Always wanted to. I was like, eh, probably not the best place for me to be. <laughs> well, that's sad. Yeah. yeah that's it. That's his life as a black man in America. Greg, take us to the press conference. And we'll bring you the press conference in its entirety. Greg almost killed me there. Uh, Brennan, (laughs) what do you have to promote? (laughs) Uh, Just, uh, I do comedy. Um, (laughs) BrennanTKComedy.com is my website. I upcoming dates. Um, you can check out me out on all social media at Brennan T comedy, or you can check out my other podcast, which is a show about, uh, I have comics on, um, musicians on Joe's been on there, uh, actors, podcasters, all sorts of people. And we talk about chefs. drinking stories. I'm trying to get my brother-in-law who's an executive <laughs> chef on there, but it's called Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. We talk about drinking stories, how they kind of ended up where they are. I'm just interested in stories. So it's a lot of that. So check that out on all, uh, Platforms where you can get podcasts and check out my website, BrennanTComedy.com. Brennan T Comedy on all social media. Joe. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Dorville. You can check out my hip hop album TV by Headphone Joe. You can follow this show and interact with us on sorry, Twitter and Instagram at Cheering Press. Uh you can check out my Hamilton podcast called Who Does a Podcast. If you happen to watch Hamilton and like Hamilton and watch sports, and that's a weird intersection, but I'm a complicated man. Greg, go. Come back Wednesday to twitch.tv slash a new low pod. And you can hear us talk about religion, finance, um, politics, even sports. <laughs> Greg was so proud of that tweet or that, that, uh, that, well, uh, I was just warming people chat. up for the, uh, this is for the people that weren't in the chat for the ones listening on their Walkmen as we speak. Thank you very much. <laughs> get, get Britain's cassette this weekend. Thank you very much. <laughs> where were you? Uh, how was the show in, uh, where are you guys? St. Pete? Yeah, St. Pete. The show went really well. I invited about 20 people. None of them came out. But Did the, the show went really come out well. at least? No. Well, it was weird because everyone's always like, oh, next time you're in town, let us know. So then I let them know and they're like, oh, next time, next time. That's just people suck. <laughs> Did people Tom and Giselle flakes. show up? Did Tom and Giselle? Huh? Did Tom and Giselle show up? No, they were busy. Mm-hmm. We didn't wow, even talk wow. about uh, the the silversmith being so offended by Tom tossing the Super Bowl trophy. But oh, Brennan, tell me. take us out. That is why we play the game. Hello. Hello. Huge shout out, Bill Russell. Boston, you don't deserve it. You have been listening to the Anulo Podcast Network. We have four tremendous podcasts on our current roster. If you like the hit Broadway musical Hamilton, then you also might enjoy hearing the Ham Boys rank every song from the Hamilton soundtrack on Who Does a Podcast with hosts Headphone Joe and Kyle Loader. Get your sports talk radio fix with Cheers from the Press Box featuring Headphone Joe Dorville and stand-up comedian Brennan Tassif. Curious about how the brain works? 
Get your neuroscience knowledge with some laughs at Misbehavior Journal Club. This fortnightly science slash comedy podcast is where two lady researchers bring you the latest studies on behavior. It stars Amiel Moreno and Leah, aka Leah, or vice versa, Crevet. Finally, we have a new low. The podcast has started it all. This show features Farzad, Headphone Joe, Kyle Loader, L. Greg, and Scott by Scott. They discuss anything and everything depending on their moods or their level of sobriety at the time. Thank you for supporting the Anulo Network and feel free to share your favorite episodes with friends and family. Thanks again and goodbye.